0: Let's face it, we all know the prestige and the wealth that comes from the finance industry. The kind that comes from hedge funds, investment banks, and the richest families in the world. But the industry is so secretive and so exclusive that the average person just doesn't know about it. The big question is this, how does the private equity industry work? And how are young people like us, who didn't come from money or graduate with an Ivy League degree, who hustle every day to reach our goals? How do we break into and excel in the field? just what are the secrets of the ultra rich that is a question and this podcast will give you the answer my name is Jalen Brown and welcome to private equity secrets this episode in particular is going to be geared a little bit more towards students and people early on in their career in the finance space I know about seventy percent or so of my viewership falls into these category, and the rest of you are either a little further into your career, or you're not even in the finance industry. Um, you're either a business owner or just want to invest in real estate. And I think this and this video is gonna be really helpful for those people on the younger side who are still trying to break into the field. So about me, me, I know I don't really talk about this too much on the on the um the podcast, but For my day job, I accepted an offer at a private equity firm doing acquisitions for us. And it's one of those, um, if you're not familiar, you know those uh, prestigious Wall Street jobs all the finance majors try to get into. And not to brag, but it took a lot of hard work on my part to get into it. And along the way, there is a lot of, I did a lot of coffee chats, read a lot of blogs, um, a lot of YouTube videos, a lot of networking calls. and. I'm hoping in this 10-15 minute episode I can sh- save you some of the um, some of the headaches that I went through. So why listen to me? Going way back, uh, I'm saying it's like I'm super old. Way back four years ago when I graduated from high school, it was ranked roughly in the bottom 25% in the state. And after that, I went to a community college. And then I went to a state school. And then after that, I landed my, my dream role at a private equity firm. And my family did not work in the finance space. My mom worked for the government. And uh, my dad actually worked for a, um, as a delivery man. So I definitely didn't come from the most privileged background. Of course, I had a much, much better start than a lot of other people, I realize. But I'd say I'm about in line with most people in America, I would say. And I think my advice really apply, can be applied to most people as well. I know there's some people with really bad circumstances, but um, I think if you if you work a little bit harder and if you um, actually take all the steps, I think you could be just as successful as I am. So um, to start, so why why am I actually making this video, um, this episode? This industry is really really hard to break into. It's not like you could just get a degree and and um, get a job in the field. It's like if you go into tech and then expect to work at google or apple it's not happening you have to put in extra work you can't just get a degree um unless of course it's an ivy league degree or if you have a family member who works in the space i had neither of those and i think that's the reason why why um my story and the advice that i'm going to be giving you guys is helpful so i want to start off by saying that everything in life really is just a funnel. It's all just a numbers game. So let's say, um, when I say funnel, if anyone's worked in sales, you know what this means. They may call it the law of averages or something like that in sales. But the idea is that, let's say you fill out 100 job applications, you, do 25, you may do 25 first round interviews, 10 second round interviews, five third round interviews. You might get two offers and then you will accept one of them. So along this funnel, you can sort of figure out where you need to improve on. So let's say at the start, you get, go from 100 applications to 25 interviews, I'd say that's a good rate. But if you're doing 100 applications, then maybe you're only getting five interviews, then you know that your resume really needs work. Or let's say you do get the 25 first round interviews, but you don't get a whole lot of second rounds, then you know it's your interview skills that you really need to work on. And along the way, there's some other things, but those are the two biggest thing. So for me personally, um, this application season, um, it took me 47 days and I did 88 applications. I had over 20 first round interviews. I did two case studies. I made it to, funny enough, one seventh round interview. And after the end of all that, I got three separate job offers. And I think those are really good numbers, especially for an industry as competitive as this one. You know, there's entire forums dedicated to, to getting a job into the field, and I think with um, the hard work that I put in, I was really able to stand out from a lot of other people. And one of those three offers was from a program that I did, and the rest were from just online applications. So going back, expand a little further what I was talking about earlier, there's a couple things that you can do. You can increase the number of applications you do. You can improve your resume. You can get better at interviewing. Those are the three core things that um, that most people, for, mo- for most industries out there, that you'll have to do. But for finance, there's two other things you, need, you really need to add. You need to network with people, and you also have to follow up. I did job, um, uh, I interviewed and um, applied for other jobs in other industries as well, and these are much less important. I mean, you don't have to follow up for uh, you know less competitive industries, and you really don't ne- need a network for a lot of industries outside of finance, but it really does help. And two bonus things, you can improve your communication skills. For example, you really have to be able to write a clean email. Um, you know, I... I don't really know why I have to say that but um, some people email like they're texting and that's really just a huge turnoff for a lot of employers it really needs to um, communicate like a businessman or woman and that's what they're going to be hiring you to do and of course improve your social media presence fill out your LinkedIn completely make sure your Instagram and Twitter are clean Um, you know it, it it goes to the old rule uh, I'm not sure if this is exactly how it goes but if you don't want your if you wouldn't show it to your grandma it shouldn't be out there and I think that's a really good rule to, fo- to, to follow you know that doesn't apply to every grandma but it does apply to mine so first you have to increase your number of applications there's a couple websites you go on for commercial real estate roles the best website to use is select leaders And this is pretty much the hub for all commercial real estate roles in private equity, the debt side, um, the equity side, brokerage. It's a one-stop shop. So you just submit your resume and you apply. It's really that simple. Then there are some other things. You can go on LinkedIn. You can go directly on the company website. And you can go to networking events. And specifically networking events, not job fairs. So people there won't be expecting um, to see students there to give them a job but there will be professionals there who you'll be able to meet and one of them may just so happen to have a role that you're interested in it's good to go to two to four networking events I'd say a year at least um, you know going to, conf- going to um, uh, I guess what we would consider a conference two to four of those networking events you could go to much more but it gets a little exhausting at some point point. and a few other things you could go to job fairs um, and some other websites like last door and indeed, but I think linkedin and companies websites would be much better Next um, is to really improve your resume looking back um, You know looking back at my resume from just two years ago It's really crazy how far I've gone how far I've grown and how much it's really filled out The thing that will help the most really is getting certifications and getting internships Those are the two most important things So, so getting an internship, you may have to just swallow your pride and do an unpaid internship. I know people, a lot of people out there can't justify it, justify doing a full-time unpaid internship, but if you're able to negotiate just a couple hours a week and doing it remotely, I think that's really good. Of course, when you're interviewing, be upfront about it and don't lie and say you are, um, working full-time doing, um, doing paid work, but, you know, if, it's it definitely helps being able to speak to work that you've done even if it wasn't a full 40-hour week you've still done the work and gained the experience and could talk about it and how do you find those it goes back to just before um, networking get people and offering to provide value and the next certifications these do cost money the the reputable ones but they will make a huge impact on your your um, your resume um, You know, a resume really speaks to yourself and if um, someone in HR or if a a low-level person is reading it and they see that you've already taken a course and done additional work, it shows your enthusiasm for the space and it'll set you apart from other candidates for sure. The next thing is really to get better at interview. There's four questions um, you're probably gonna get asked and I think these are the four hardest questions, um, the behavioral questions. So the most common one probably will be walk me through your resume. And this is really an opportunity for you to tell them about yourself. This You should have this, this answer rehearsed and of course you'll tweak it a little bit based on who you're talking to and the role. But you really wanna highlight your biggest experiences and why it'll be helpful for the for the job. So you'll you'll talk about things like school projects, projects you've done outside of school, what you did at your last job, what you learned, what you liked, what you didn't like, and it'll give them a much better idea of who you are and if you'd be a good fit for their company. And next, they would ask they'll probably ask either why this industry or why this role. So in um, in finance and private equity, you'll have a couple roles like asset management, acquisitions, um, investor relations. And then you'll have other industries. You might be doing real estate. You might be doing um, private equity, uh, buying to sell small businesses. You might be doing um, crypto. I don't know. So you really want to have an answer for why you want to do the specific role or the task and why you chose that industry to um, to be a part of it's it's sort of hard it was hard for me at first because I really thought I just want a job and I just want to work but the more you get into it you sort of realize that there's so many different things you could be doing and really it would really be helpful for you to narrow narrow it down and be more passionate about what you're doing and that's definitely what employers are going to be looking for And of course, um, at the end, you have to say thank you, but you have to say it with some emotions. Don't just say thanks. Say something like, thank you so much for taking the time to interview with me. And after that, the next day, it's really helpful to send a follow-up email. Just a quick um, four or five sentence email thanking them for their time um, and reaffirming why you'd be a good candidate and why you're interested in the company or role. So networking events I brought I um I spoke about this a little bit earlier. You will find them through your school or networking and it's a way for you to meet tens or hundreds of people in just one day. And you know going about your normal day doing um setting up let's say you spent all day setting up coffee chats through LinkedIn or email or maybe some other social media platform you can only meet so many you can only actually speak with so many people but at a networking event you really can meet as many people as you want pretty much I just went to one uh, two weeks ago and I met probably 120 130 or so people there that I shook hands with and spoke with and was able to follow up with and that was at a, a full day event so if even if you're able to show up for just a couple of hours then you're really able to meet at least 20 or 30 people who will uh, potentially have a a role for you or know someone who would be recruiting for a role. People attend networking events to meet other people, so don't be shy when you're um, going to talk to someone. Um, If there's a panel, the panel itself may not be a ton of value, but networking with the speaker is definitely will provide value and look out for any CEOs or directors or high level people that are going that are at the event. I went to a networking event specific for commercial real estate and I was actually able to meet the CEO of, a, of the family office that I worked at. And I still have no idea what I said to him, but for some reason he really believed in me and he brought me on board and I interviewed and then got the job and I crushed it during the job too and I was able to perform and I'm really thankful for him giving me the opportunity. And, you know, I, I think if someone does stick their neck out for you and goes out of their way, it's really important for you to um, to actually show that you are worth it and that you will perform. And helps with their reputation as well. I have a few other notes here diversity programs I went through a diversity program my junior year of college if you're um, if you're considered a diverse student you could apply and they'll do a lot of they'll really help you a lot so right now diverse usually means um, black or african-american Hispanic or Latino Native American or women so those categories usually fit the criteria for um, diversity, and these programs, um, I went through one called SEO Career, and they spent probably, wow, probably, wow, even more than that, probably around $10,000 a student they spent on uh, courses, bringing in speakers, and educating us along the way. And through that program, they got everyone who went through it got a high paying job. And the average salary was, I believe, $10,000 for a summer, which is just crazy for a college student. You know, go up from making minimum wage to 20, 25, 30 an hour. I heard someone got, uh, I think it was 45 was the highest that I heard, which is just insane for someone still in, still in college. A few other diversity programs are, um, management Leadership for Tomorrow, um, Project Destin, and like I said, SEO Career. I know these are a little controversial, but you really should be using any resource that's available to you for um, to get a job. And um, I'll skip over this. And next, um, you really want to be able to keep track of people and follow up with them in the future. The easiest way is to use a CRM or an Excel sheet. Uh, CRM, I spoke about this way back, I I think it was way back in December, but it's a um, customer relationship management software. So you'll put your contacts in there and you'll be able to store all the information about them in there. Don't make the mistake of trying to just remember everyone that you've met before because it's not gonna happen. You're gonna meet, meet way too many people to think back and remember details about every single one of them. With CRMs, you're able to put notes, um, you're able to track when the last time you spoke to them was, and it um, it really makes networking, keeping track of people so much easier. I go back, I um, know it sounds a little creepy, but I go back and I'm, I can look at someone's notes that I have with them, and this is a strategy a lot of, a lot of the best networkers out there and a lot of um, CEOs and executives will be using. So two that I like are HubSpot and Monday.com. Both are free, Monday, but Monday.com, there's a limit to how many people you can have before it'll, um, it'll start trying to charge you. And you can use an Excel sheet. Um, I don't think it's the best, but of course, the best CRM is the one you'll actually use, so use the one that you're gonna actually use. Just a few more notes here, um, oh yeah. So follow up and provide value. This is probably the most important thing. Everyone wants to help a college student and a young professional, but once you're sort of out of out of that kid phase, once you're more, they see you more as an as uh, as an adult. They're going to be less likely to help you, and that's why it's important for you to provide values to others um, during, beforehand, and after. So. I know this provide value thing is thrown thrown out a lot, so here's just a few ideas that I came up with. Um, So you want to show that you're that you're actually growing. No one wants to mentor someone that isn't gonna take their advice and implement what they what you taught them. You know, have you think back to last time you gave someone a piece of advice, and you know for a fact it was the perfect, it was the one thing that they're missing, and they didn't do it. And then they didn't get the benefit from it. And then think back to when someone, when you gave someone help or you provided them advice. Then they come back and say, I did what you said and it really helped me. And it made a huge difference on my career. Think about the difference that makes. I do coffee chats all the time and getting these messages, it really, um, I guess it really motivates me to help other people as well. And I feel more invested in the person that I helped as well. Um, a few other ideas um, providing validation this is something that a lot of um, I can't remember who who I learned this from Um, I think it was from Edmund Chen and he he told us that um most CEOs and high-level people don't get validation their boards complaining about them their wife's probably complaining Um, you know their employees are probably scared of them but if you come to them and say hey this business decision was a great idea. Hey, you're doing a great job for the people of this city. Hey, you really make an impact on my life with your product. Think about what that'll say to them. You know, it's that warm, fuzzy feeling you'll get inside, and they'll probably be a lot more likely to talk talk to you. Um, you know, I did this with a CEO actually. I didn't even mean to, and he offered to um you know sit down and chat with me, and. Um, I didn't realize it at the time but I'm I know I made it's at least a little bit of an impact on him as well and also like comment and share their posts this is something people don't do a lot especially people who want to network with me as well it's like okay you haven't watched any of my videos you haven't liked my posts uh, you haven't commented you haven't shared Uh, why am I gonna spend 30 minutes talking to you when you haven't really helped me at all? Um, you know, it's a little weird, of course sometimes people will start to help out after, but, you know, you don't really want to be a ghost online, just a lurker. Uh, it's a little weird just knowing people are out there just looking and not interacting with me at all. People are always watching, always remember that. And that's all that I have. Really the most important thing is consistency. I know I sort of went from just a job, the job hunt, and then I went went out to some other things as well, but these are skills that you're gonna need in your, your everyday life if you wanna be a high, high achiever. If you just wanna live a normal life, you don't have to implement anything, really. Um, you know, you could just apply to jobs, get an average salary, and um, you know, retire at 65, or later, <laughs> like everybody else. But if you really wanna accelerate your career, and if you want to be better and you want to be better than the average person, you really have to do some out the box thinking and you have to put more effort in than other people. Those are really two things that will set you apart. Not everyone's parents can get them into an Ivy League, Ivy League school or, you know, hand them a million dollars, a small loan to start a business. But everyone out there, I truly believe this, can put the effort in. And could do research and figure out some out of the box things that you could do. This is the one thing that modern people have that other people don't uh, in the past don't. You know, I'm grateful that I can go online and learn tactics that other people use. And these are things that my even my older siblings and my parents never would have been able to do. Um, they would have had to read books and hope they came across the the, the nuggets that they want. But everything. I truly believe is out there, and it really is the execution and the effort that sets people apart. So, if you're looking for a new role, or um, you know you're about to graduate college soon, I hope this really helps. Um, if you're neither of these, I hope this helps as well, especially the the networking techniques that I I've shared. And best of luck. If this helped you, be sure to let me know. I'd love to. Uh, You know, like I said earlier, I like knowing that what I'm putting out there actually makes an impact on the world and hope it helps you. Love you guys. Thanks for listening to Private Equity Secrets. If you love this episode, then please take a screenshot on your phone and post it to your favorite social media platform. Be sure to tag me in it and let me know exactly why you like this episode and what you want to hear about in the future. This helps me grow and to know exactly what content to create for you later. See you in the next one.